Yeah, that's great advice. I think you should like analyze, I suppose, each of your projects and ask what they're showing about your skills. You know, it's not just that it looks cool, right? That should never be a reason to put something in a portfolio. Like what specifically is it showing and what is it saying to the person looking at it? And make sure that I guess there's some difference, I suppose, between projects. Welcome to Design Life, a podcast about design and side projects for motivated creators. I'm Femke. And I'm Charlie. We're going to be kicking off today by talking about uh, a topic that pretty much every designer has to contend with at some point, and that is creating a good portfolio. A good portfolio is what gets you a job, it's what gets you client work as well, and it's a good way to show your skills and I suppose build your personal brand as well happens through your portfolio. We had a few email requests to talk about this and I just want to read them out quickly. One is from Ken and Ken says, I'd be very interested to hear more discussion about how exactly to approach building out your portfolio, especially if you don't have one. What kinds of things should one specifically put in the portfolio? And Nikki said, I don't know what projects to do to spruce up my portfolio so I can get side projects and as a result, I'm just not doing anything. I've Googled and I've gotten some ideas, but it's a slow process. So it sounds like people are in need of advice for starting out with a portfolio and figuring out what work to put in it when I guess you don't have client work to fill it with. So I think I've got a lot to share on this and I know you do too, Fem. Should be a good episode. First though, it's been a while since our last catch up, uh, since we last recorded. So how's things been going, Fem? Well, I'm in New Zealand right now, which is pretty cool. Enjoying summer. But I have to admit, it's been a really busy time here. I have been working while I've been here. And so I've been going into the office because for those who don't know, I actually work for a New Zealand based company, but from Amsterdam. So while I've been here, I've been going into the office and to get there, I have quite a commute that I have to do. And I'm surprised how much I'm not used to that anymore if that makes sense like in Amsterdam well a I work from home and b I ride my bike everywhere and so I never take public transport or anything and so suddenly having to take a train for two hours a day each way is like really exhausting for me so I've been good and it's been a really nice time I'm just really really tired but Looking forward to spending a bit of family time now on the last half of my trip, which will be really nice. Yeah, I don't think that commute, anyone could get used to that, you know, that's a (laughs) long commute. Speaking of commutes, uh, I've actually lost mine. Yeah, (laughs) So we've we've swapped places. We have. This this week has been my first week full-time working remotely for ConvertKit, which is really exciting. How is it? Like, I want to know. I'm very excited to hear how it's going. I am loving it. It's everything I hoped for. So oh, that's, that's so good. good. That's so awesome. Got some great projects like on the go already and on the horizon and love the team. It's all very exciting. You know, it's always hard being the new person and like trying to get up to speed with mm-hmm. a new job. Mm-hmm. But hey, you know what? Maybe that could be a topic for a future yeah, podcast episode. <laughs> they always come up in these catch ups. <laughs> Are you finding now that you have extra time in your day? as you no longer have to commute? Right now I don't feel like that, but that's because I've been feeling a bit burned out recently. So everything is effort and there's still an ongoing client project that I've got on. Um, 
yeah, that I'm wrapping up and working really hard on and long hours. So I think that come, I don't know, in a, in a week or so's time, maybe I will feel like that. I've already been able to go to the gym, so that's good. Oh, that <laughs> Haven't is done good. that for like two months. <laughs> yeah, there's definitely perks of working from home and having no commute is definitely one of those perks. But yeah. also just having extra time on either side of the day is really nice as well. Exactly. Well, should we dive into today's topic? Yes, let's. Um, I guess we should start with the basics in that what do you think makes for a good portfolio? Like what is a good portfolio? Yeah, I mean, obviously a good portfolio is something that stands out and that is a good representation of who you are as a creative, like whether you're an illustrator or an artist or maybe you're a developer, whatever whatever you are, a good portfolio is something that really, I think, helps uh, put your skills into the spotlight and helps make you shine a little bit. Uh, and a lot of that comes from the type of projects that you put on your portfolio. And so I think it's really important to be selective about the projects that we put on our portfolio, which I'm sure we'll, we'll dive into that soon. Uh, I think a lot of the time when we're just starting out, like especially me, I would just put up like every project that I ever did onto my portfolio uh, with that sort of mindset of like more is better. I was more focusing on the quantity of it rather than the quality. And I think that's really obvious. Like when you're looking at people's portfolios, at least for me, it's quickly obvious as to whether that person's more concerned about the quantity on there as opposed to the quality of things on there. Like I know some very talented designers and they might have like three projects on their portfolio, but they're three amazing high quality projects as opposed to someone who might have like 30 sort of not low quality, but just lesser, lesser impressive projects on there. Do you know what I mean? I do know what you mean. And I think this goes in I, I think there's a few different types of people who do the quantity over the quality you know mm-hmm. I think I see it a lot in juniors people starting out and I definitely did that to start with as well put a lot of work in my portfolio because I felt like having all of those pieces in there validated that I am a designer look I've done more than one thing you know and I think that might be a reason why people often put in a lot of projects to start with but I also see it happening at the other end of the scale with very, very successful designers using it more like a gallery of mm-hmm. work that they're really proud of. And because they're so established and so successful, they've done a lot of work they're proud of. And so a lot of work ends up in there. But the big difference is that all of the work in that more gallery style portfolio is amazingly high quality and, you know, you can look at the overview page of all of it and and get a sense. You don't have to click into every project. Whereas I feel like with the more junior portfolios where there's a lot in it, all the projects are quite different. Like, you know, there's a couple of websites, there's a couple of posters, there's some postcards, there's maybe some invitations and it's a bit more all over the place. So it's harder to get a sense from like looking at that overview of of what they're about, if that makes sense. I, I think a good portfolio is one that demonstrates that you are capable and that you are the person to hire for the job at hand. And what I mean by that is I think you should tailor your portfolio to the kind of work you're looking for or the job you're applying for. I often find myself re-editing or like, you know, shuffling things around in my portfolio if I'm going after a certain job. Uh, 
to make sure that the type of work that's most relevant is the ones that are highlighted or removing things that aren't you know relevant anymore um you shouldn't be afraid to to tailor it like that just like you would tailor your cv i think for applying for certain jobs yeah that totally makes sense what then would you do if you were going for freelance work like that's kind of different to applying for a job would you just make sure that at all times your portfolio had or or was a good representation of the type of work you'd like to attract in freelance projects definitely that's exactly right and I can actually speak personally to this in that I've done quite a few freelance projects this year that are not in my portfolio. One of them I would really like to be, but it's not launched yet, so I have to wait on that one. But the rest of them, uh, because they're not the type of work that I want to continue doing. There's been a lot of smaller jobs, like uh, designing calendars mostly, it seems to come up, which I've really enjoyed doing. Um, They've been great projects. I'm proud of the results, but that's not something that I want to encourage lots of requests for, so I'm not putting them in my portfolio. Yeah, I've kind of done the same. A project that I did, or actually the last two freelance projects that I've done, uh, one was banner ads and the other one was a, a slide deck, like a pitch deck. And I'm not intending to put either of those in my portfolio, even though like they were really fun to do at the time and the clients are super nice. But it's just not the kind of work that I want to position myself as and and attract more of in a large volume kind of sense like I'm okay to do those projects now and then you know sort of here on the side when I want to uh, but I don't want to be like the pitch deck designer or the banner ads designer person you know so there's like a fine balance of quality versus quantity and then I guess also just being aware of what your portfolio says about you and how that positions you in the mind of those that are looking at it. Yeah, definitely. I think that you probably always need less work than you think in your portfolio. Like right now, I think I could get away with having less in mine. I think there's like maybe 12 projects, 10. I can't remember exactly, but I don't think they're all necessary, but I'm at a stage now in my career where it's okay to have them in there. Like, cause I feel like they are all high quality and yeah, they're a good representation of what I do. Do you ever, like, when you add a new project to your portfolio, do you take something else out? Like, do you replace projects with each other? It's not always like a one-in-one-out policy. And to be honest, I don't update my portfolio that often. I need to do that more. I haven't added anything new to it for a very long time. It's a lot of work. (laughs) Yeah, it is. But I do, whenever I want to add something, I do an audit and will question whether this piece now shows this particular skill much better than another piece that I might have in there. So I definitely do try and keep it down and it's not just, because I think no one knows how long ago you did the things. Like sure, you can write the date on it, but you shouldn't keep working your portfolio that isn't representative of your skills right now, you know? So if, if you did something and it was really good five years ago, but now you're much better at doing that particular thing, take it out, replace it with something new. Because I was actually reviewing applicants for, to replace myself at my last job. Oh, yeah. And the amount of people who had work in their portfolios that just seemed really old. And it made me question, like, even though they had some other projects that were good, it made me question whether, like, their taste level, I suppose, that they thought this piece was still good enough to show you know, as a representation of their work, I was like, hmm, I don't know, pal. 
Yeah, I've been cautious about this, not in my portfolio, because I feel like similar to you, I'll do a bit of an audit when I add something new. So I kind of comb through it somewhat regularly and I'm conscious of what's on there. But uh, a platform that does stress me out and that I don't really do that on is Dribble. And for mm. anybody listening who doesn't know what Dribble is, check it out. It's kind of like a, well, well what is it really? It, it was meant to be a sort of uh, way to get feedback on on your design. Yeah, it was meant to be to right? show work in progress shots, but yeah, no one used it like that. They just, it's mostly like design eye candy, which is quite fun. Like I often scroll through it for inspiration, but you have to remember when you're looking at Dribble that you're not seeing context. You're often just seeing little pieces of designs pulled out apart from everything else. But yeah, it is fun. And I don't remember to update mine enough, but it's often good to have a dribble profile, I think, as a designer when you're looking for work. Maybe more so looking for a job rather than freelance work. I don't know if freelance clients look at dribble so much, but I think that design employers often will. Yeah, I I, th- I think I agree with that. And the thing that I kind of am cautious about with dribble is that it's like a feed, right? So my yep. stuff that I uploaded there four years ago is still there and you don't need to really scroll that far to see it because it's not like Twitter where you're posting, you know, however many updates a day. It's like I might put something up there once a month. Uh, so you don't need to scroll that far down to see my stuff from three, four years ago. And I've been trying to decide lately whether to like actually do a comb through and delete all of their old stuff or whether it's good to keep it on there and show progress. But after hearing what you just said about seeing applicants that had sort of old outdated stuff on their portfolio, that makes me think, oh man, like people are probably looking at mine and thinking the same thing, which is a bit embarrassing. You know what? I don't think so because I think Dribble and anyone who knows what Dribble is will know it's like a feed. Like no one's going to look at you know if you scroll ages back on someone's Instagram and the photos have that you know hilarious filters and borders because that's what everyone did back then no one's going to be like oh this person can't take a good photo you know if if the later on ones that are later on are better I think people are aware it's a feed and it's okay to show improvement over time but in saying that that's probably a sign that you should add more to it so that it's not so easy to reach those things and I'm saying that totally patronizingly because I hardly update my dribble either. So I need to do that too. <laughs> Noted. I I will try and do more of that this year. Yeah, let's both work on that. <laughs> so we've both talked about, I think, it seems like online portfolios, right? Have you ever had an offline one? So the only time I've had to present an offline portfolio, now that I'm saying that there's actually two times that I remember, the first time is when I applied for design school. Uh, I mm-hmm. had like oh, an yeah. actual, cool that. yeah, I, I'm pretty sure you helped me maybe a little bit getting it together. Yeah. Uh, but I had to like physically sit down with someone and show them work. Uh, so that was in a paper based portfolio. And then I did the same thing when I applied for a job during design school somewhere. I also had to show a physical portfolio. Uh, but those are the only two times I've ever really had to have one. And yeah, I haven't had to show one in about two years, a little, a little longer than two years. Do you think that even those times, could you have just shown your work on an iPad? Probably. I, I think. Yeah. I often it, think about that. Yeah, it depends. Like the, the design job that I was going for at the time was quite 
print based so right maybe not that one uh but the one at design school I potentially could have just brought my laptop in or a big iPad and and gone through it that way yeah I think I was kind of classed with the men- the mentality from high school of like you know everything was so physical back then like you didn't really have have digital portfolios for anything like everything was always so physical and you hand it into the teacher and they mark it and so I kind of just automatically went off that basis of like oh well I have to create a physical thing to present in real life so it has to be physical that's totally was my thinking as well I made a print like base portfolio to send in for my application to design school and I remember printing out some work in like a booklet to apply for my first proper design job as well. But I remember talking to a fellow student of mine about our portfolios and he said that he'd sent his on a CD. And I was like, what? A like, that CD? never crossed my mind. Oh my God. Yeah, well, that was that was how files were transferred back then, Fem. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so funny. So I, yeah, I think that online versus offline depends on the job, really. If it's a print job, yeah. show off your print work in and a nice printed portfolio and if it's in a digital job show off your work in a nicely made digital portfolio don't forget that the portfolio itself is an example of your work so you should treat it as such and put effort into it and pay careful attention to the design of it yeah I I agree I think it totally depends on the context as to whether to have it online or offline and like the type of designer that you are like if you're a painter then obviously you want to show your artwork in real life Uh, but if you're like a a, a online product designer like a software designer then it's probably going to be way more beneficial to show your work online because then you can show it in context and show it actually in use and go through it Uh, you know that that holds so much meaning for your design so I think that in that case that just makes so much more sense we, had, we actually had a tweet about this too. Brianna said, good portfolios present work in an appropriate context, i.e. please never print out a website. <laughs> it's true. That is a bit weird to do, to be looking at a website in printed form because that's never how you'd experience a website. So just, yeah, just think about that, I guess. Yeah, and you want to give whoever's looking at your portfolio, obviously the best possible experience and give the best impression. And if you're, if you're showing them a website, then that's going to come from actually showing it and them using it and not you printing it out and showing them some little screenshots. You know, that's not going to be very impressive. Exactly. I want to address uh, some of these questions that we started this off with um, from Nikki and Ken about what work to put in your portfolio and how to add to it if you feel like your portfolio doesn't have enough yet. So how do you decide what work to put in your portfolio, Femme? Now that you're, you know, we talked about the fact that when you're starting out, you sort of put everything in because you don't have that much work to start with. But now that you have more of a body of work, how do you make those decisions of what to include and what to take out? So once you do have a body of work, then I encourage you to sort of assess what you've got to show, first of all, and sort of group things into categories like, oh, this project represents uh, branding. Like this this shows that I've got skills in branding. This project shows that I've got skills in illustration, etc. cetera. Uh, if it is that broad, it might not. You already might have been able to niche down and maybe all of your projects are in one particular niche, which is awesome. Like go you, that's, that's really cool. Uh, but if that's not the case and you have a lot of broad things, you know, we've talked a lot about niching down in this podcast. So I'd go and recommend listening to an episode about niching down if you're not yet, 
convinced about the benefits of doing that. Uh, but I'm going to go off the basis that you should niche down. And so I would recommend that you decide what kind of projects you want to be attracting and pick carefully pick, carefully select from the projects that you've done, which ones are going to best show off your skills in that particular area or for that particular niche and just put those ones up there because that's the best way for you to attract more of the type of work that you want to be doing and more of the type of work that you're really good at. Yeah, that's great advice. I think you should like analyze, I suppose, each of your projects and ask what they're showing about your skills you know it's not just that it looks cool right that should never be a reason to put something in a portfolio like what specifically is it showing and what is it saying to the person looking at it and make sure that I guess there's some difference I suppose between projects like for example I worked at zero for a little over two and a half years so I have a lot of web projects from there but I don't have them all in my portfolio because some of them would be far too similar you know they did they did similar things. They were showing the product in similar ways. So there wasn't a need to include them all. And I was selective with which ones I chose because they were a little bit different and I was facing different challenges with them, I suppose. Yeah, I I think that's good to mention is that variety is good. Like if you just had, if your portfolio was only full of those zero projects that don't get me wrong, I'm sure are all individually very, very well designed and, and really show your skills well, but all are kind of similar, uh, then, you know, that's not really showing uh, how, I don't know, maybe adapt- adaptive you are to things yeah. and, and the different types of challenges and scenarios and situations you've been on and the different types of problems that you've had to solve. I think that's that's the really good point is that you can have variety while still niching down. You know, there's a lot of yes. different variety you can have between different websites and so when we say it's good to have variety in a portfolio we don't mean you should have websites and then also business cards and then also menus and invites and document design or whatever so what about if you are at that stage where you don't have much work yet what what would you recommend someone do there Mm, I've I've heard people asking this a lot and it is a really hard situation to be in because obviously to attract work you kind of have to show that you can do the work you know it's pretty unlikely uh, a stranger is going to somehow find and hire you with no knowledge about who you are or what what your skill set is so that can be quite difficult and what I would like the number one thing that I would recommend is do a personal project or a side project like give yourself a brief if you really have to like create something or give yourself a challenge to create something that you could then use and put on your portfolio and you know you don't have to mention that it's a fake like you can just say this is what I did this is the thing I created these are the problems that I solved this is what it looks like you know that's that to me is more important it's more important to show that than the fact that you did a real thing do you know what I'm trying to say Yeah, I do. And I have a suggestion here, actually. Have you heard of Briefbox? Yes, I have, actually. Yeah, that's a really good place to go. And there's, they've got different levels. So there's like some free briefs and some pro briefs, but they give you basically a starting point and um, some background information and you can go ahead and do the project. So that could be really good for when you're first getting started and are not sure what to include. But I'd recommend planning before you choose a brief or a personal project. I want—I think you should plan what you eventually want to end up with in your portfolio, 
like say if you want a couple of website designs, maybe a branding project, I don't know, whatever the type of work is you're going for, and then aim to fill those spaces, I suppose. Kind of like, well, this is what I did anyway when putting together a portfolio to apply to university. I'd only done like a couple of design projects in design classes in high school. So there was obviously, I had to do stuff in my free time as well. And that's how I filled it out. I was like, okay, I know I want a drawing and I know I want you know, a more like typographic piece. And then I made those pieces. All of my work in my portfolio when I applied to design school was self-initiated stuff because I did not do design at high school. I literally had zero projects. And did you do those projects like specifically for the portfolio or did you have them already and then had to choose which ones to put in the portfolio? Some of them I had already just because I was already tinkering and toying with design, obviously, uh, to to know that I wanted to do design at school. Yes, good point. <laughs> uh, but some of them were like, literally, I was like, okay, I need to apply for design school and I need to bulk up my portfolio. And, you know, when you're applying for design school, they at least the school that I applied at, they wanted to see a bit of diversity and you doing different things. So I was like, okay, I've got some photography in there. I've got some hand lettering in there. I've got some illustration. What else do I do? I need or what else could I do? Okay, why don't I do a t-shirt design? So I designed uh, some t-shirts and actually got them printed and did a photo shoot with awesome. my family on the beach. Like <laughs> you just got to use to your advantage what what is around you and be creative in terms of what you could do. Yeah, put the effort in. Yeah, yeah. put the effort in. If, if something's lacking in your portfolio if, or if you've got nothing in your portfolio, then just create something that could go in there and think about what kind of work you want to be doing as a designer and give yourself a project that would allow you to do that thing. Yeah, and this is what, like, I'm still doing this now you know, with my goal that seems ever so far away to design for the music industry. Mm-hmm. I've started that project where I'm designing alternate uh, single covers to put in my portfolio so that I've got some music related design in there because it's not going to come to me without demonstrating that I can do it already, you know? Exactly. Yeah. So don't don't let that hold you back. I think some people get really held back about you know, oh, well, I've got nothing to show. What what can I do to have something to go in my portfolio without having a client? Like my answer is honestly, just give yourself a brief, you know, it gets that easy. Yeah. Exactly. Should we move into some tweets? Because I feel like we could keep talking about this forever, but there's probably yes. some questions that we need to answer. Yes, we should. Holly wants to know if we think you should have a portfolio website compared to just keeping a Behance. What do you think about that? Honestly... I think whatever is easiest for you and quickest for you to get something up, you know, don't, don't stress and don't waste time thinking for months about, oh, should I do a Behance or a Dribble or a Squarespace? Like, honestly, today, like whatever is easiest, if the easiest thing for you to do right now is go to Squarespace or the easiest thing for you to do right now is sign up for Behance, just do whichever one that is and just get something up there. That's, that's my honest opinion. Yeah, mine too. And I think that if you're, if you have the time and you're tossing up, I think going for a Squarespace is a really good option because that their templates do make it super easy. You just have to like shove a logo and adjust the colors a little bit and it can feel more branded to you and a yeah. bit more personal. And you can have your own domain and everything, which I think is, is a good thing to go with. But there's nothing wrong with a Behance if that's like the fastest thing and the easiest way for you to get work out there. 
Yep, Go and you can it. always change it, you know? Like, you're yep. not locked yep. in. you're never so stuck with it. Exactly. Just start with whatever's easiest, and you can go from there. Libby says, clients want to see how the work applies to them and the full idea, expanding the projects to their fullest with mock-up demos this. I think that's a really good point, and we went back and asked her if it was important to see the design in context, and she said, yes, absolutely. Non-creative people sometimes can't visualize every aspect like we can, and that's so true. This is really important for client work, I think, which is why you often see websites in portfolios mocked up on computer screens, right? Yeah, so that yeah. people can immediately imagine that situation. I don't think that means you have to put every single website on a computer screen, but just keep in mind that that can help people. Or, you know, put it in a browser window or something. They'll immediately know what they're looking at. I agree. Like, I don't have much to add. I think it's super important to show your design in the context of what it is. And I think don't underestimate, uh, I guess, the ability for clients to not understand it without the context being there. Like, for other designers, I can easily straight away recognize if something's a website, even if it's not like overlaid beautifully on a laptop or something just because I'm I'm also a designer and I know straight away I can see it but a client might not get it that quickly and they'll have no idea so you really want to help them and sort of hand hold them as much as you can and make it super easy for them to quickly understand straight away what they're looking at yeah exactly Brianna said that she thinks variety and always starting and ending with your best work is what helps make a good portfolio And I went back and asked her, do you think variety trumps niching down? Because I was really interested in this. And she said, I think that you need to find a good balance. If all of your stuff looks the same, it will look like you can only do that one thing. And then I replied to her saying, I'm genuinely interested to hear, what's bad about being only good at one thing? Doesn't it position you as an expert? And her response was, it's not a bad thing at all if that's what you want to do. I just think having variety is great for first-time job hunters. I would agree with her here. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah, I think it's more important when you're starting out to show your employer that you can dive in anywhere, that they're going to need help. You know, remember, even if you're the best in your class at design school, you're going to be then going to work in in a company agency or whatever you're not going to be the best one there like I'm sorry that's just a fact people have been doing this longer than you and you're going to be able to learn from them so show that you are ready to dive in anywhere and that you can learn and that you've got like broad skills that the company are going to find really useful and then as you get further down your career you can niche down and be much more selective with the type of work that you apply for or want to take on as freelance projects Yeah, I think often one of the key sort of skills or qualities that employers are looking for when hiring young or or junior designers, and this is all assumption, by the way, obviously, because I'm not an employer, but uh, (laughs) from what I've seen, often they're just looking for someone who can adapt really well and who can be really flexible and just pick up things and have a lot of initiative. And so if you can show those things through your portfolio, then I would encourage you to do so, especially if you're a junior designer or you're in design school and potentially might be looking for your first job sometime soon. Yeah, definitely. Another tweet from a different Brianna. She said, a good portfolio has more to the story than just the resulting work. I want to see your thought process and research. And this is important because I think this is what first-time job hunters should definitely keep in mind, well, everyone really, but 
employers, when they're hiring you for your first job, they're mostly looking at your process, right? And how you handle working and your, your thoughts behind the project so that you're not all about the eye candy, you know? And that's, that's totally true going forward for any job, really. Like at whatever stage of your career, they want to know your process and the, the thinking behind the work and the decisions that you made. So writing case studies, I suppose. We could do another whole episode on that. <laughs> My opinion is that if you only have images in your portfolio, I consider that more like a gallery like to me, yep, that's not yep. really a portfolio. To me, a portfolio is something that obviously has supporting imagery, but a lot of the importance is also on the the written content or, or video content or however it is that you want to show and explain what what you're actually talking about. And a lot of the strength in that comes through writing case studies, which I think is very, very important. And I think that's a really great way to show your work is to support your visuals with really in-depth meaty case studies that talk through like what was the problem, what was the opportunity, what were the challenges, how did you overcome them, uh, what other solutions did you explore, how did those solutions solve the problem, how did you choose the best one, uh, what are the results since the implementation of the design, etc. Like all of those things... I think potential clients uh, or or employers, whichever one you're going for, are going to really value being able to read that because I think that shows a lot of the behind the scenes. It shows your creative process. It shows your thought process. It shows your ability to think about design as a, as a bigger picture and how it contributes to other things. And I think there's a lot of, of value in that and a lot of value in showing that in your portfolio. And, and too often... I just literally see people uploading pictures of their work and not yeah. really giving them any supportive text. I think at a minimum you should have like a small paragraph about the project and the challenges and the problem that you were solving. Because this, I might be wrong here, but from my experience looking at designers' portfolios to hire – you don't read case studies as an employer because you're going through like a million applications. You want to look at the work, quickly get to see what the problem was they were solving and, you know, make a judgment call on um, if, if it's clear they know what they're talking about and that they've got a good good thought process and good design thinking and that it applies to the work. I mean, and shows in the work in the end so that you can then bring them in for an interview, I suppose, to talk in more detail about those nitty gritty Details that you might put in a case study, I suppose. But, uh, so I don't know, keep that in mind that you want your portfolio to be skimmable, but also have enough depth as well. And it depends on the type of work you're going for. You know, client work is going to be different to full-time job work. And that's why we were talking about at the start, tailoring your portfolio to the type of work you're going for. Do you have any thoughts on including testimonials? I think that's uh, like great thing to do if you've got them for client work but it could also go down really well applying for a full-time job as well if the the client is talking about how you were to work with like that's kind of like a reference right yeah yeah basically I try and always include testimonials in my case studies or on my portfolio if I can obviously I can't always get it for every project but I think if you have the opportunity to get a case study from your client then I would definitely encourage you to do so and you can always decide at a later date whether you want to publish it anywhere or not. Yeah, good point. You don't have to publish it. And it shows right to prospective clients that obviously this was a great working relationship because this person 
was happy to give you a testimony at the end. Yeah, exactly. And that means a lot. Yeah, for sure. That goes a long way. So the the last tweet that I want to bring in is from Holly, a different Holly. We've had two Briannas and two Hollies in this. Interestingly, they've they've both spelled their names differently. Yeah, true. She says, every time she's been hired, employers have loved that I included work from outside of uni, especially volunteer work, because it shows that I love design enough to self-initiate projects and volunteer my time doing what I love. Local studios get sick of seeing the same projects from their local colleges or universities, so they love seeing something different. And I've heard employers say that if they see a regular university project in a student's portfolio, they pretty much ignore it. Yeah, I have been on both sides of this, putting university projects in my portfolio that are very common and that a lot of people also include, and also on the side where I'm reviewing designers' portfolios to see if they should get an interview or not and skimming over those same projects that I myself did at university mm. that I'm seeing in everyone's. Why, why is yeah. that from, from your point of view? Why, why did you skim I over do, them? Do you know what? I don't know if I can rationalize it, but it's sort of like I felt like I'd seen it before. Like that problem was not a new problem and it – it wasn't that interesting to me anymore. Like maybe I can't remember exactly what it was, but maybe it wasn't even that interesting of a problem in the first place. And so it wasn't important how you solved it. I don't know. You know, Um, I can't remember exactly what it was, but yeah, it gets repetitive seeing the same thing over and over again. And like Holly said, including work that you've done in your spare time or volunteer work or whatever, it does show that passion. Like nothing shows your passion better than that. If you say you're really passionate about design, but all you have in your portfolio is university projects, are you really? I don't know if I believe that. Yeah, I I, I agree. I think being able to show initiative, like like it's like saying the proof is in the pudding, right? Like you could say you're super passionate about something and say that you have initiative, but if you can't actually show that and prove that, then do you really, you know? Yeah, exactly. So think outside the box. And Holly is such a great example of a design student doing things right, isn't she? She's yeah, just graduated she really as well. Well, just finished university. Yeah, she she is. And I know that she's been doing a blog, blogging about her experience at design school. And she's also been doing a YouTube channel this year. And she has some really cool projects on her portfolio that are self-initiated or with her local church group, I think. So she definitely has a really, a really good example of a diverse portfolio from a student's uh, point of view. Yeah, for sure. Maybe we should link her in the show notes. You can check her portfolio out. Yes. Well, any closing notes on portfolios, Femme? Last words of advice. Last words of advice would be if you don't have a portfolio, I would recommend that you have one and just choose whichever platform is easiest. And if your excuse not to do that is because you don't have anything to put on it, then I would recommend that you give yourself a brief or a a side project or a personal project, whatever it is for you to put on your portfolio. So basically what I'm saying is there's no excuses. (laughs) Yep, I like that. Good wrap up. And I think often you overthink when it comes to portfolios. You know, you want it to be perfect because it's representing you and your abilities and your personality. But don't overthink it. Just go for it and you can iterate as you go. It doesn't have to be 100% finished when you first put it up. Cool, that's a wrap. That is a wrap. Good episode, I think. Good chat. And I think we could talk a lot more about this as well. So... If anyone listening has more questions about portfolios or wants us to dig deeper on a certain like 
part of this that we talked about, reach out. Our contact form is on our website, designlife.fm. If you want to send something more lengthy or feel free to tweet us at designlife.fm and make sure you're following us there to join in on the conversation because that's always very fun. If you've been enjoying the show, we would love it if you could leave us a review on iTunes. We just got one recently that I would like to read out. And I'm not sure who wrote this, but their username is Kick in the Head. Oh, wonderful. (laughs) So whoever you are, person, thank you for this lovely review that I'm about to recite. So this person says... Design Life is a great podcast that's well-produced and highly recommended for anyone working in a creative field. My work is in video editing, not design, but Charlie and Femke's conversations about day jobs, client work, and side projects are universally applicable. Even though I've been working professionally for over 10 years, I've already learned some great tips. Episode 44 especially has a ton of great ideas about ending client projects that I'm going to incorporate into my future work. Awesome. Thank you, whoever kick in the head, whoever yeah. you are. That, that's really, really good to hear that we're um, resonating, I suppose, with creative fields that are outside of design and to people who are much more experienced than us as well. Yeah, yeah. So that it's really means a lot. Very flattering. Yeah. So thank you very much. And if you haven't left us a review, you can do that on iTunes. Yeah, we really appreciate that because it does help our podcast rank, I suppose, in iTunes and it gets more people to discover it, which means more people joining in the conversation and things, which is always fun, like I already said. Very, very fun. All right, catch you next week. Cool. Good chat, fam. Bye-bye. Bye.